two, one. And I said, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of podcast. This is Sardonicast. Hey, everybody. This is Adam from Your Movie Sucks. Who else is here? I'm Utah Darkhouse of Arthur Movie Maker. <laughs> and I'm Arthur. Nice. From I Hear Everything. <laughs> nice, we got Arthur. <laughs> that was a nice Whoa. little flashback to my childhood there that was really nostalgic and nice. D.W. It's quite a weird show. I think everybody watched that. That show is like still going, isn't it? They had like a gay rat wedding or something. That made some people mad. <laughs> Arthur makes people mad. Yeah, I guess oh, so. Strange times. How can you show this to children? Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, 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 whether whether or not it's still going is up for debate. I guess. I, well, I mean, it's probably there's there's like a factual answer to this that I'm too lazy to look up right now. But uh, there's something that's not still going, and it's called Quibi, and it lasted about six months. <laughs> oh. What is Quibi? Yeah. We talked about it briefly in a previous episode. It's like a streaming service that tried to compete, and it had $2 billion of investments. And it launched six months ago. Steven Spielberg was creating exclusive content for it. Wow. And the way you're supposed to watch it is like in portrait mode on your phone it won't let you cast to your tv or it won't let you watch on a computer and it was just like <laughs> like okay this appeals to who so that was the only option who does yeah. this appeal to oh yeah and then every single bit of content is supposed to be like under four minutes or some bullshit that, that sucks that just seems like something if you brought up in any like boardroom you'd get laughed at <laughs> how, do, how do things like this even no. get past that phase they're, they're detached they're fucking detached. Yeah, I guess they just look at statistics. Go go on cable TV, or better yet, turn off your ad block, and then just watch like any commercial and be like, wow, they there was a boardroom meeting about this. Somebody got paid for that shit. <laughs> like, this yeah. is what they came up with. They got paid. That, that was their job. Yeah, and a lot too. And they did this. That's all you have to do to <laughs> understand just how detached these people are. Lame. Yeah, I, I wish I had something to say. I just didn't even know what it was. It I just didn't even download it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the only time I heard about it was on this podcast, and that was it. I oh, yeah. never yeah. thought about it again. I, I just think it's funny that it's short content, and it lasted very shortly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's, there, there's something a bit poetic about <laughs> how how it's gone in an, in an instant. It was only there for a bit. Yeah, the nice irony there. But yeah, I mean, like the 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 interesting part about it, like like what seemed like almost kind of cool, was like they had uh, they they would take like widescreen format shows, like previously existing widescreen format shows, and then I guess someone would go through on each scene, or maybe it's like an algorithm, maybe it was done automatically, but it would allow you to watch it in portrait mode in a way where it's not just like oh the center of the screen every time. So like if somebody was like talking, it would be like on the action sort of thing in portrait mode still. Oh, supposedly that's what I heard. I never actually downloaded or signed up for this stupid fucking service, <laughs> but <laughs> that sounded kind of cool. Surely, even even though they've solved that problem, it's still just worse. Yeah, <laughs> is that really something anyone's asking for? If you are spending your time and money on a service, why would you only want to watch things in little like four minute bits? Yeah, like. It's like Vine versus YouTube. Like, that died too. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to look back very far. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it always seemed irrelevant to me. I'm looking at the actual content they have. None of it's that interesting. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Well, you're just limited by the time. Die, die Hard? Oh, Die Hard was on there? Die Hard or Die Hard? Die Hard. Oh, is that what that was? I kept seeing adverts for that. Die Hard? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's Kevin Hart, isn't it? Oh. And I think it's a parody of Die Hard. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah it looked awful. <laughs> I've never heard of this thing. <laughs> yeah, I know about that. It sounds funny, oh, though. man. Just the title. Nothing, nothing about it sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not intentionally funny, though. Here, here's a question. Is there any streaming service that has literally nothing worthwhile on their entire platform? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to see a list of them all. There's so many now. Apple's really close to that. Yeah. No, that is... Yeah. But they just they just got the rights to uh, Wolf Walkers, which was awesome. Yeah, you're right. So. Every episode's about 10 minutes. So it's Kevin about Hart, John Travolta, Natalie Emanuel. Uh, yeah. They should have put Arthur on there. Yeah. Yeah, By the way, that's still going. That's still going. It's still going. Uh, okay. Twenty-three seasons, and I think the last one was like last I'm year. I'm shocked. I wonder if their animation style is still the same. <laughs> Quibi should have put picked that up. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> pick up any. How do you like? What did What did they spend two billion dollars on? They had nothing. Two billion dollars. A bunch of crap. Just like the content. <laughs> Could you imagine getting picked up like you're you're a, you're an aspiring filmmaker or a filmmaker and you get you get a deal with Quibi and your show only lasts on this service for like a couple months and then after that point like you can't even post it anywhere because they own the rights to it <laughs> and their yeah, service is dead and nobody can watch it <laughs> it's just a disaster it's the problem with these like tech, like everyone trying to find the new thing that's going to catch on. Most people can't do it, obviously, because they're just copying ideas, and then you just wind up with billion losses like this. Sorry, Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we're going to lose sleep over that one for yeah. you. Mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll lose just a, a little bit of sleep. <laughs> so we all saw a new film from st- streaming service provider Amazon. Prime, Prime Video, called Borat Subsequent Movie oh, Film. Borat the original too. title was much longer, but I think they just decided to go with another one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. What do you think? Well, did you see the first Borat? Yeah, I've I've seen and loved the f- first Borat and also Bruno, mm-hmm. and I actually wound up re-watching them, not before this, but wa- watching Borat 2 made me like made me feel like I wanted to watch those again, so I did. Mm. Borat 1 is is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. his his best movie, I think, is where yeah. that kind I of idea disagree. Was... Really? What's your favorite? I think Bruno? Bruno's the best one. And, mm. and I even just reaffirmed after watching them both recently again. Yeah, I was thinking about that, watching this, just how the original Borat would be now. Because I was finding some of the jokes a bit sort of, I don't know, passe now um, oh yeah yeah like, yeah like what i enjoyed the movie i didn't dislike it mm-hmm. um just the kind of uh the more scripted stuff I, there were some more kind of grown worthy lines for me um oh yeah yeah it, it reminded me of some of his more recent movies that he's been a part of like the dictator and grimsby a little bit where mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of like shock humor and you know gross out stuff which is all part of the character and everything but i just I just find it a bit repetitive after a while, especially with okay. the first movie, and I think it works best there. But any any minor frustration I had, though, is like I think just the the structure and commitment to this project mm-hmm. is 
is commendable. Like the mm-hmm. the approach and the way he like stays in characters for days on end just to try and get these clips of these people to show their true colors. I was uh, I was sat there like getting kind of frustrated, not even uh, like acknowledging how intentional it kind of is with the way you almost can't tell what is real, what is scripted, and what isn't at points. And yeah, that is kind of the the, the whole point. It's like look at the absurdity of all this. This is reality. All of this and this this absurd character is somehow being justified by these everyday people yeah and i'm just there like how, how does anyone let their face show up in these like what's the le- like the legal standard oh for that? my my assumption is like the with the borat ones they basically um what i assume is like that they they have people in character even if they're behind the camera and so for the first film in order to pretend like they're uh, from Kazakhstan and just making some sort of like r- news report for their country sort of thing. Um, they just, they, they have the cameraman also look like he's from Kazakhstan and probably like speak broken English too. Uh, like maybe they got, uh, you know, the, the larger sidekick man <laughs> behind the camera at points or something. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. They, they just get them to sign a release under the guise that the, the implication is that it's not like an American, studio film oh, that's going to be shown them. in theaters i mean yeah but i mean like technically you, you they don't have to mention like it's it's in the print it, all it says is like the title of the movie on the release form right yeah exactly it doesn't have to say like like it, it could say on the release form for worldwide use and they would still just assume that it's just going to be shown in kazakhstan or whatever yeah he must have just a ridiculous legal team. Oh yeah, that like they've been sued multiple times over like all of the movies that they've made. <laughs> so I'm assuming it'll be no different for this one. Yeah, that was all in the headlines, wasn't it? He was like arrested a hundred plus times and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, people got mad that they were in the movie. I think the uh, frat frat boy. Uh, the guys in the RV. Yeah, the RV <laughs> dudes. I think they tried to sue. <laughs> They were not. They were not portrayed very positively. But I mean, it's like that. It was just them doing it at the same time. It's just so funny. Yeah. It's just. It's so. It's such a nice like slice of life sort of thing. At the end of the day, this is what the movies are about. Is about American people, right? And some people might not have uh, understood that as clearly about the first Borat movie. But it, that's really what it is about. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. using the character to expose thoughts and ideas and kind of like lean into get, getting people to admit things about themselves in ways that they might not do under a different context i guess mm-hmm. and he also knows the questions to ask mm-hmm. he knows how to like nudge them in the right direction for like what he kind of like wants them to admit mm-hmm. he also finds perfect subjects oh yeah <laughs> to like you know not i guess make fun of mm-hmm. kind of yeah, there's tons of deleted scenes from from all of these movies too. Yeah, I guess it became difficult to like for him to do this shtick as time went on, which yeah. is why he went into Brothers Grimsby or whatever those kinds of movies. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned those, Alex, because that's like where my issues with Sasha Baron Cohen start to like. Oh yeah, his humor. It's it's a lot of gross out humor, which is yeah. funny in you know certain contexts, but that those movies it really just hammers down on the the fictional uh like the the written skits and the gross out humor movies like the dictator where there's not as much 
um, of the real life interactions with people. The the satire just isn't as biting. Yeah, it's not as good. Yeah, one hundred percent. I find them like pretty unwatchable. Yeah, in some ways they are. But and now we're coming back kind of to um, what Borat was, where mm-hmm. he's actually making. It's not entirely like Borat. It's kind of a documentary too, like <laughs> how it's presented. It's it's, it's, it's different. More, it's more about the election. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's different. It's in, very hyper focused on American different. politics. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the first movie was about America, and now it's like right. literally about like the politicians specifically. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I would say it's more about like that movie was about exposing like ignorant thoughts and mm-hmm. and racism. Uh, this one's more about like uh, misogyny. And mm-hmm. you know, there's the the character of his daughter Melania or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not Melania is yeah. like the the woman on the TV. Yeah, uh, inspired <laughs> by you know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but she's like a comment on like like ignorance in Kazakhstan, and she learns um you know whatever feminist theory. <laughs> it's, it's like it's so bizarre and funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it works better in this movie. Oh, you think that the commentary like that works better in this movie? I think all the commentary and the the gross out humor and like his shtick works in this film more than it has recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, it feels a bit like a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a comeback. Yeah, definitely. What did you think of Who Is America? Because that was like a TV show that was basically doing the oh, whole yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Forgot and about that, that was recent and really good. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Yeah. I thought that was great. I, I just love Borat. <laughs> and it definitely reminded me of that, too, because he couldn't play the Borat characters much in public. Mm-hmm. So he dresses up more as, like, other characters. I, I really enjoy Borat, too. It's not nearly as memorable as the first Borat and and Bruno. Particularly, I, I, I just think that, like, it's super fucking high energy, those first two films. Yeah. Like, the, the energy of those films is, like, unmatched it stays at like top speed for the entire time. Yeah. Whereas like Borat two, there's like a little bit of like transition between like amazing moments. And and also like the goals and like where those films wind up is not nearly as, I guess, impactful in, in Borat two. Again, it's like hyper-focused on like basically just like the election really. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, Borat one, you had like the through line of like Pamela Anderson, yeah, yeah right. And then Bru- Bruno, it ends in like literally a riot happening because two dudes are kissing in a cage fighting match. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, and so like they like both of those like have like magnificent endings. Whereas Borat two, like the Rudy Giuliani thing, it's like it's amusing for sure, and it's I uh, I'll, I'll enjoy any moment that he's embarrassed, but. Uh, it's not as impactful or crazy. Yeah, he was very upset about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I kind of disagree with what you said, Adam, a little mm-hmm. bit with the the last segment of the movie, the last half an hour or so, with that. What's his name again? Sorry, I'm, Rudy. I'm not Ju- too Rudy familiar with Giuliani. Yeah, I, I I thought that was just so shocking and horrifying. Mm-hmm. And then th- there was that combined with the the payoff of a. The, the reveal, the spoilers, I guess. Um, sure, spoilers. For the end of the movie, but when it's revealed that it was fucking Borat who was sent across the world to spread Corona, <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty funny. That's as really far funny. As one of the, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that was like a good payoff to me and made mm-hmm. made it all come together quite well at the end. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, totally I do think agree. it's like really fucking ballsy to film this whole thing during COVID. Yeah. No, it's so sharp and relevant because of that. Like mm-hmm. it could not have come out at a better time. This whole this whole project. Yeah. How much of it was actually real and or staged? The COVID stuff. Well. <laughs> No, like I mean, the whole film, like that when he's when he's in the room or when he's hanging out in quarantine with those two redneck guys. I, the they seem supporters. genuine. I like if they they're do, but they if could they're in on it, like they're really good actors. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I read in the trivia that he just stayed with them for five days in yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. No, but I'm not sure. They seemed very genuine. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing yeah, they to did. believe that. Seem too honest. And even though they do follow him to the um, rally or whatever, like that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in on the whole thing, right? Like that they're in on the character or that they're literally all he has to do is just stay in character and say, okay, we're going to go to this rally. <laughs> like, yeah. Come with us, right? So it doesn't, mm-hmm. yeah. There's more happening behind the scenes than just on, on film. <laughs> the rally scene. <laughs> The, the rally scene was hysterical. Oh, too. I loved that, and I, I saw I saw that on YouTube like months ago because someone was there with like a just recording on their phone, and it was posted uh. as like Sasha Baron Cohen trolling Republican rally, <laughs> and like we didn't know it was going to be Borat too, like because the characters like a redneck. I thought it was going to be more Who Is America content. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that was a great scene. I loved that so much. Chop them up like the Saudis do. <laughs> yeah, the Wuhan <laughs> Inject flu. him with the Wuhan <laughs> flu. <laughs> Obama, what we gonna do? So funny. But the the Mike Pence scene, he had to hide in the restroom, dressed like that for like a oh, few yeah, hours, that... waiting for waiting for you know Mike Pence to show up on stage. And oh then god, he's committed, man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah somebody it's took a picture crazy. of the the KKK outfit at that thing too. Oh yeah, when he shows up at first, he's wearing it's a, so a funny. clan outfit. Because like the, the, yeah. it's so different now making one of these types of films. Because even in the moments that like he's not recognized as Sasha Baron Cohen, people are just posting these things on social media, <laughs> and then you come mm. to find out later, oh, it was Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> just doing shit for Borat, <laughs> just running around yeah. in a clan outfit. So it's yeah. so weird. Like in two thousand five, when he filmed the first Borat movie or whatever, like he could just do shit without it blowing up and appearing everywhere. <laughs> One thing I wasn't expecting as much was the the inclusion of the, the like the babysitter character and and the more kind of hopeful and optimistic side of it. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really remember that kind yeah. of stuff in the original Borat or or Bruno as much. There was a char- they had the um there was a uh, prostitute that he invited to the dinner thing, and that kind of turned into like, um, like a almost love story sort of thing. And she was like the right. only one that pronounced his name right. And then at the end of the movie, when he realizes he doesn't want Pamela Anderson because she's a slut, uh, he goes back to her, and it's like this nice little like wrapped up happy ending, brings her to mm. Kazakhstan sort of thing. So there's that. Uh, she was definitely in on it in Borat One. I have no idea about Borat two for if if we're going to compare those characters i guess mm-hmm. let's go back to the giuliani scene yeah oh my God. <laughs> he is it really that it. easy God, yeah it's just it, it is that easy so he said the scene was a total fabrication and that he was simply tucking in his shirt after taking off recording equipment and no time before during or after the interview what, well, this is what he said. Was I ever inappropriate? If Sasha Baron Cohen implies otherwise, he is a stone cold liar. 
but he's talking about the tucking in the shirt part but what about like the rest of the interview when he's like touching her like it's yeah. like very bizarre like the whole time he's smiling he's I mean, like laughing at everything she's yeah. saying ha 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 like this bizarre shit is going on and he's not leaving the room he's not even the least bit suspicious he's just like sitting there like oh yeah he is at the very least a gigantic idiot and kind of creepy Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything beyond that, I have no idea. Yeah, it's just, it's the implied like history of it though that that makes me feel so sick about like scenes like that and yeah, make that it that so actually effective. happens. Oh yeah, like, oh, politicians yeah. and young journalists that probably happens. I'm, I'm sure when like, they that's ever happened. Yeah, it has tried to like do these setup sort of things like when they're thinking of like okay, what can we get out of Rudy Giuliani? And they set this thing up where they pretend to flirt with him. I'm sure they're doing that based on their understanding or like hearing rumors or like other per- people's accounts of something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just like do that to anyone and it'll work. Yeah, there's a history of it. What was crazy is when I was rewatching uh Bruno, they had a a joke about Kevin Spacey being gay. <laughs> it was like, oh. "Oh yeah, that was kind of like a fucking open oh, secret, wasn't it?" It was like mm-hmm. him and like Tom Cruise and John Travolta at the same time. It is kind of funny how they're just these like open secrets. It's creepy and funny. Mm-hmm. People were calling out Harvey Weinstein before it was ever like official, too. Yep. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a bunch, mm-hmm. a bunch of people. It's just apparently like these open secrets in Hollywood. <laughs> All this shit happening. I guess not just Hollywood, but like in America political environment. I guess that's the problem, isn't it? Just everyone knows all this stuff that's going on and everyone's just sick of nothing changing in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, like, when it comes to Rudy Giuliani, I don't like the guy, obviously. I'm just wondering, like, he didn't really do anything illegal, just, like, kind of (laughs) creepy. Just kind of creepy. And it's a comedy, too, so I don't know why he's taking it. Like, they they edit it with, like, dramatic music. I thought the scene was perfect. Yeah, uh, I thought it was like a great conclusion to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it had the kind of weight behind it to me. Because like Sasha Baron Cohen couldn't really—I don't even think he could get that close to like a politician at this point. Because like mm. they all know his—they all know yeah. his bit. They're like, get this fucking guy away from me. <laughs> so he has yeah. to like put some implant in. Oh and, yeah, you know, she, even she though he did, did show job. up for like the to try and pretend like he was messing with the audio, which was kind of funny. Yeah, and he didn't even care. He was just like, oh yeah, uh, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly awkward, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like in this newest movie, like it's my least favorite out of the three, like Borat, Bruno, and Borat 2. I enjoy it a lot still. Like I, there, there was like hysterical laughter while I was watching it, which is nice. I don't get that that often. However, I do kind of feel like there are some moments in this film like not huge they're they're, they don't like ruin the whole thing but i feel like they kind of like betray the character in a way where the the message that sasha baron cohen is getting across is like a bit more obvious and ham-fisted like when they're doing the thing at the end where it's like oh we're changing the running of the jews to running of the americans yeah and and it's like okay well the first movie the running of the jews thing it's not a criticism against Jews, right? And now mm-hmm. now you're using that same joke as a criticism against Americans? Because it's obvious where he's coming from, but it kind of removes the satirical element and, and changes that into something where he's just, like, telling you straightforward how to feel rather than it being this, like, satire, right? And the satire is what makes yeah. it great. 
And so that I feel like that kind of like betrays the character in a way, um, just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'd I'd agree, agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good observation. It was a, it was a weird way to end it, but yeah. Because how does the first movie end? It's a similar kind of scene with them going back and. Yeah. Yeah, he meets like all his old friends again. <laughs> yeah, he brings. <laughs> like, brings it was, the it was a similar thing to. Uh-huh. Kazakhstan and they wave at the camera and some good music plays. <laughs> yeah, the scripted stuff isn't like the the best stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. What how he exposes you know people in America is the yeah, real that's stuff. What, that's what I'm there for. That's yeah, yeah, that's the juicy stuff. It's it's amusing that like there's so many people that apparently watched the first movie and didn't understand that that was like a part of it yeah they just see the funny swimming was, costume. i forget i'm not even gonna try and remember this person's name but like i guess some conservative on twitter that has a lot of followers and a blue check mark was like oh man the new borat movie is not funny because the original borat it was like he was the butt of the joke it was like making fun of borat and now it's like oh you're making fun of america it's like you don't i saw that what the who <laughs> what planet are you on <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's always be, been yeah. about america right yeah, uh, but I guess it's like the first movie was done so satirically, like the satire was so good that even racists could enjoy the movie without thinking that <laughs> yeah. they were being commented on. <laughs> yeah, because they could they could watch this like funny foreign man in the lead role and be like, "Ha ha, he has an accent," and I guess that's what they got out of the movie without understanding any of the actual like intelligent satire happening. In the film, which is which also explains why Bruno wasn't nearly as successful, because yeah, you know it's a di- it's it's a different context when when it's like a flamboyantly gay man, like yeah, you you wouldn't get the 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 frat boys in the RV and letting him hitchhike with them, you know they wouldn't be so friendly mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. hey tell us about you know that's that just yeah not happen. as quotable they want they go like very nice oh yeah the they, they would never like want to dress up as the flamboyantly gay yeah. man for they Halloween they don't want to imitate like a gay accent exactly like, exactly mm-hmm. so yeah. much like insecurity yeah yeah exactly that's not the kind of culture <laughs> yeah. But the foreign man, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> exactly. There's exactly. even the stupid foreign man costume. That part was really funny. Oh, that was when great. Getting, <laughs> yeah. Like going oh, to yeah. the costume <laughs> department. I want to point out too, the trailer for this movie has like, none of it's in the actual movie. What? The, the trailer clips are entirely different, which I appreciate that the trailer didn't spoil anything. Okay. Um, for the most part. There's some things. That's good for a You know, like the, the Mike Pence bit. But like, there's a lot of bits um, that they were just, that weren't in the movie at all. Okay. Um, Yeah. I guess they filmed a lot yeah, of Yeah, they film a lot of footage. <laughs> yeah. There there was like literally on the Blu-ray for Bruno, there, the deleted scenes thing was like 40 minutes and then extended scenes was like another mm. 20 minutes. And then like Borat, there's a crap ton of deleted scenes too. And if I could recommend one, you should go up on YouTube after this is done and search up a Borat deleted scene uh, supermarket or cheese. It's really fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just some stuff they couldn't fit into the movie and it's like obvious why but uh so yeah yeah i i do think bruno's the best one like especially again after watching it recently okay. it's like the the energy is so unmatched everything that happens in bruno is like so fucking wild and absolutely insane <laughs> when he's got like <laughs> Palestinian governors <laughs> and like and like trying to make peace with like Israel by making them do like a fucking dance and 
it's so funny. Yeah. Like singing a song. Yeah, and the baby scene. Oh my yeah, God. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I could just list off every scene I'm not going to, but mm-hmm. like, it's an yeah. amazing, yeah. amazing movie. We've had time to let those age, too. There, we'll we'll see mm-hmm. how this one ages. I think this is really biting satire right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the it's time. kind of like, it's more like in a bubble in a way. Mm-hmm. It's not like as universal as the other two. It's very um, I don't know. It might be a little more tame than Borat in terms of like the the jokes and the gross out stuff. Yeah, that naked fight scene was fucking awesome. Yeah, although the yeah. the period in, during the ball. Oh, that was, was kind of funny. Like, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was more like, I don't know. I, I appreciate that it just, you know, went for it. Like yeah. criticizing that, that group. And, and also making fun of them, but in a way that's like not too mean or I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like the the whole when he's singing about the Wuhan flu. <laughs> whatever to them like yeah. it was just it was funny and it was it wasn't like too like he was punching down at them too much either well that's like that scene it's is like perfect. the perfect encapsulation of like what we were talking about is like exposing yeah. things about it just brings it america yeah. right yeah he's yeah. literally uh-huh. like sing along and they they gladly do it right yeah he barely has to do anything i'm comparing that to like when eric andre went to like alex jones or whatever mm-hmm. and like at this like some rally and he's just like yelling at them and they're all yelling at him yeah and it's just like this is just mean like everyone's just fucking angry yeah. and like but like <laughs> sasha baron cohen's not trying to be funny in that way he's not trying to bring out that kind of uh reaction out of yeah. people and it, it's funnier it's more clever it's funny what he can get out of people i would say like a good parallel yeah. to that scene is like the rodeo scene in the first borat where he's literally just like mm-hmm. we support your war on terror and everybody's like yeah made mm. made george w <laughs> yeah. bush drink the blood of every man woman and child in iraq <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. It's like the implication that you're supposed to cheer as well, right? Like there's something there's yeah. there's a little bit of psychological play going on at the same time. Same with the song, right? Somebody's up on stage in an event, you're around a bunch of other people, you understand that like socially you're supposed to repeat <laughs> what what they say because that's like a part of the mm-hmm. song, but then it's like do you really understand the words that you're saying sort of thing? Like wh- wh- how how far could he go with that? Like w- he w- he wouldn't be able to like get them to repeat back like trans rights or something, right? So like there is a line yeah, somewhere. Right, yeah. Well, he got that guy to seek Heil. Yeah, oh, cool. I mean, I, I think that guy wanted to seek Heil anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, that's how easy it is with some yeah. of these people. Yeah, some people. America's crazy, man. The world's crazy. A lot of different, a lot of different people. Yeah. It's it's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. I sp- yeah, I suppose everyone needs a good laugh right before the election. Yeah, right that. before the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie might be irrelevant in a month. Yeah, because we'll, we'll, be, yeah. we'll, we'll all blow up. <laughs> we'll all be dead. We'll all be irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I, I should watch what I say, because apparently I predicted the pandemic in episode two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, is this episode going to go up before uh, the election? Or is it going to already be doomsday? I think it might just be before it, right? It's going to be before it, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's before it. Uh, We were talking about, like, celebrities who got, or, like, Hollywood people got exposed or whatever. Um, Hannibal Burris made jokes about, like, Bill Cosby, and that kind of reignited 
uh, people looking into him and, yeah. you know, his his past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's so weird. Crazy shit. Yeah, it's surreal. The mm-hmm. whole thing is just... It's... Comedy brings it out, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come in. And you have to laugh so you don't cry. Yeah, it's just like... Just want to like chill, man. I just want to grill. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I just, I just want to like connect with people and have conversations. And then some, some asshole has to just start going raping people, and then like make things really awkward yeah. for everybody. And be like, okay, well, I heard this rumor. Like, how how serious is that? How far how far can I take that? And then you have to worry about like mm. putting your own career on the line for like having to expose somebody else about something that like you might not even have evidence for people just making mm-hmm. everybody stressed out it's like just such uncomfortable situations it's just fucking don't rape people <laughs> or something <laughs> stop being yeah, an asshole yeah, yeah it's amazing it. it even needs to be said mm-hmm. right but, but like these are these are entertainers and politicians like it's not their job I know, right they, they yeah, should exactly. just be doing their job like not exploiting their position People that have this like kind Giuliani of like power does in this movie, yeah, like it, it makes it easier for them to be able to do it. Like somebody, somebody mm-hmm. who looks like Rudy Giuliani and didn't have a lot of money and influence would not be having sex with anybody, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah, it it comes hand in hand. Yeah, it's all about power. Yeah. All right. Um, did we want to give ratings for the film? Almost yeah. a Pfizer rating, but <laughs> what well, would I you give one. it, Alex? Yeah, I, I think this is a seven. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not as strong as some of his previous stuff, but it does have the laughs and it does have that, as Ralph said, the biting satire and commentary that it's just so relevant right now. I, I just you should just watch it. Yeah, I I would agree. Seven, I'd give it a seven. I'd say <gasps> like a three and a half out of five. Okay, uh, well, not that's... as good as the Force Borat, but I think it's di- it's relevant to now. Like it's definitely. A movie mm. for the times, um, and it's very funny. I've got a good omen for you because I'm also a seven, so we're seven, seven, seven. Wow, we're all in a great, nice. fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did it. We're getting into heaven. <laughs> Speaking of uh, American politics and people getting angry at things, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, there's a little. Uh, there's an article written by uh, somebody. That we've mentioned before, named Armand White. There he is. His entire world is shattered. He's very, very sad because Zack Snyder uh, tweeted out a video in support of Joe Biden. (laughs) So he wrote (laughs) a fucking article on (laughs) NationalReview.com, and he's like, you can, you can like basically hear the tears in like (laughs) through through his his computer as he types it. He's, He's shattered. And what's so funny about it is the idea that he's he's pretending like, oh no, it's not it's not like which political side. It's like you just you just can't make anything political. You can't make movies political. It's like, dude, you've been doing that your entire fucking career. Like you get mad yeah, at movies so because of your politics. Like you <laughs> yeah. your entire rating system is based on your politics alone and you ignore every single other thing about it. You ignore everything about the film other than the politics. And that's like literally how you rate your movies. And now Zack Snyder is like, oh, he said so. he's, he's, he's going to support for Joe Biden. You can't make things political. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, do you have anything to say? <laughs> well, I wouldn't call Zack Snyder a visionary. I just enjoy his language. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was going to say that. Just the language he chose to to use in this article, <laughs> saying things like it's so, it's actually so cringy. The hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement took a gut punch this weekend <laughs> when director Zack Snyder <laughs> tweeted his endorsement of a pre-election video fe- featuring a major political party candidate. It's just so not news. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, uh, so who funny. cares? Good for him. <laughs> My complaint is not with Snyder's stating his entitled political opinion, but with how it causes distrust and disrupts the cultural impact of a great epic. Oh my god. What the fuck's he talking about? He's like, he's <laughs> upset because this like hurts the Snyder cut or something is what he's saying. He's like, I don't think I'll be able to watch it the same knowing that he made a tweet saying to vote for Joe Biden. I was going to watch it in perfect atmosphere. Like he can't get hard anymore watching the fucking Snyder <laughs> <Yeah>. cut. <laughs> like, uh. He was so excited and now it's ruined. Yeah, it's, it's a bizarre it, it shouldn't affect the quality of the movie. I don't think it will. I think you can still enjoy the Snyder Cut, um, it's, regardless it's of like Zack Snyder's, regardless of who Zack Snyder votes for. I think you can still enjoy his movies. It's just such a non-issue. I don't know if he'll be able <laughs> yeah. to because his entire rating system is based off politics. I think I think maybe yeah. he's enjoyed Zack Snyder because he thought he was like Republican or something. Maybe that's like why he like loves <laughs> Zack Snyder. Now now it's like uh, shattered. I don't think he'll be able to recover. He thought Zack Snyder was like. Not partisan. That's how he makes it seem. Not political. I, I, I doubt. I fucking doubt that he's actually serious in saying like not political. I don't think it's like political opinion really goes into his movies that much. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe subtly a little. There bit, were there but... were some jabs at gay people in Dawn of the Dead, but <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I'm sure he feels different. <laughs> I'm sure in the, in the Snyder cut he'll he'll change it. The <laughs> the Dawn of the Dead Snyder cut. Yeah, it's like what, two thousand four or something? <laughs> yeah, two thousand something. It's just there's a part where he describes Batman v Superman as a spellbinding drama about honor, yes! duty and moral choice. Ugh. And then he calls his tweet or video thing virtue signaling. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Virtue signaling. <laughs> Superman's studio piece of crap. Man. Yes. Snyder may not be as far gone as the Silicon Valley's moral midgets <laughs> who have no sense of fairness, who diminish freedom of speech. People read this article, make Zack Snyder nonpartisan again. It, it's bizarre. Yeah, I know, right? It's so, it's so silly. But is he not just doing this to get attention and to piss people off? I don't know that like that. This is the question you have to ask yourself constantly with Armand White is like, is he <laughs> stupid or an asshole? And you can never really know. And there's like a lot of types like this where I think that they disguise all of their perspectives behind this like veneer of like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to express these opinions in a way where it can if I'm challenged in any way, I can say I was kidding the whole time. Mm. But if I'm not challenged, then I can pretend like it was serious. Right. Mm -hmm. So this like almost kind of like irony to it where. You can just say, I, I'm a fucking troll, I guess, or something. Like, you you never know. There's some people where it's, like, impossible to fucking tell. And it's, like, part of their self-defense mechanisms. Yeah, we're talking about him, there's the thing. Keeps him in the public's, like, mind eye, you know? It's bizarre, ridiculous. Because you read that one about Robert De Niro, didn't you, Ralph? Mm-hmm. 
there's another one. <laughs> Heroes, there's another debunked. One. Heroes debunked. <laughs> Robert De Niro and uh, what is it? Baldwin and De Niro disgraced Detroit <laughs> political films. Uh, it's uh, so funny. Because, yeah, I mean, like, Robert De Niro has been, like, voicing Democratic support on, just, like, Twitter yeah. for a while now, right? But this mm-hmm. is the this is the fucking thing. It's like you will you will never find Armand White say this about somebody supporting anything Republican. Like it's not about whether or not it's political. It's very clearly not like oh yeah this is political. It's like this is political in a way that I don't like, which is his entire <laughs> reviewing career. That's the most embarrassing part. That's that's how children observe the world and behave. <laughs> hmm. You know? It's almost like he has the <laughs> mind of a child. Very suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, almond. Well, that's your Snyder Cut movement. That's part of it. I always thought highly of it, you know. I'm glad we. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, I read that. I'm too. just not even going to watch it anymore. Thanks. Oh, no, yeah, I'm man. totally going to watch it. And it'll be contaminated with, with Zack Snyder's political opinions. <laughs> it's going to end with saying, vote Biden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like well uh, after the election. Like yeah. Biden 2024. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Biden 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe his language is just a bit exaggerated. I don't know. Like the, the titles of the, you know, the headlines are just a little over the top with the whole disgrace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that article by Armand White came out on October 21st, and I'm just going to see. Yeah, okay. So there's some there's some other news that came out on October 21st. So I guess the same day. Oh, Jared cool. Leto is back <laughs> in the Snyder Cut <laughs> to play Joker. <Yeah. laughs> so maybe Armand will change his mind and be like, wah. This is what I wanted, and he'll be able to get hard again and jerk off to Snyder Cut. <laughs> what, what does this mean? What? <laughs> I am so fascinated by this project. Because it's not even a movie anymore, it's is it? Meme. It's like a miniseries thing. Yeah, it's like a four-episode HBO thing. <laughs> it's everything. Everything in the kitchen sink. Just throw it all in. But how weird is that for, for DC? They've released Joker yeah. in, in this time. A new mm-hmm. Joker, a new actor. <laughs> this is and true. now they've gone back and gotten Jared Leto. A, 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 you know, a, a memed performance. Yeah. To be in a meme movie. I mean, if it's the Snyder <laughs> yeah. cut, then Snyder has to be the one making the decisions, right? So, you know, you gotta just let him... He wasn't in the other cut at all, though. He wasn't in the original. Justice I know, League. so it's not, not even, even a, a cut. Bit. It's not even like a director's cut or anything. He's just redoing it. He's just remaking it. Is there going to be this any of the same footage? Is the real question? No, it just seems like they just added him. Why in. does he keep getting chances? <laughs> he had Man of Steel. He had BVS. He had just. Why is Jared like... Leto getting a chance too? Yeah, because I mean, they're spending more money. Because the whole story around Justice League was how just behind the scenes, the the whole production was just a disaster, and they were spending mm-hmm. hand over fist money and couldn't make it back. And now they're spending more on it. Because I guess it it was a trending hashtag. That's what it takes. <laughs> Snyder cut. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder how much Joker is going to be in it. Because like I I haven't seen Justice League yet. Um. I know you have Ralph. <laughs> what in what way could they possibly inject Jared Leto's Joker into the story? Like, would they have to just create like a new a new 
storyline for like there, a there's B-plot? no harley quinn yeah there's no none of that so it would have to be something with batman like toward the beginning yeah because like at the I'm... beginning batman's like in gotham like investigating like whatever the hell the villain is like mm-hmm. a the, the whatever doomsday <laughs> it's like a big guy i forgot his name yeah, the big shrek thing yeah the steppenwolf that's right oh that that's one a, yeah. yeah it's called steppenwolf who's got redesigned for this one mm-hmm. um, but it would have to be like toward the beginning because like at the end they're fighting like gods and, and like a bunch of demons in like russia like i don't know where you put joker into that was he even mentioned in the movie i mem- i remember uh, joker I kind so. of being referenced in i think it was bbs where he's like looking at robin's old costume or something yeah it's covered in like joker it's a little bit of bbs mm-hmm. and then Maybe suicide this. squad that would make more sense if you wanted to do a suicide squad <laughs> yes yeah, snyder cut of suicide squad that would be so funny Jesus snyder cut Christ. of james Gunn's the suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> it would be an air cut but david Ayer has said for a while that he like there's some cut of suicide squad that's good that like you know zach snyder know. obviously has it somewhere it's, yeah it's so. zach snyder who has the cut clearly there's there's a lot of footage of Jared Leto and um what's Margot Robbie in in, in oh yeah maybe there's like extra Suicide footage Squad. from Suicide Squad that they'll throw into Justice League they won't they'll even film any new shit <laughs> yeah it might be that because he got cut um, out apparently it was supposed to be in, yeah like a lot the movie so much more but... that's what I thought they were doing but to make it part of Justice League doesn't make sense because Justice Joker's not in it he's yeah, you get, not in it you got the footage really might as well get some use out of it <laughs> make it work. <laughs> I'm just curious on the freedom they're going to give Jared, you know, because he seems to have quite a lot of freedom on that uh, first Suicide Squad movie. I don't know if they're going to reel him back a little bit or, uh, you know, tone down his his laugh and all the yeah. kind of wackiness that came with it. Maybe his design. <laughs> Maybe it'll be an entirely new interpretation of Joker, but with the same actor. Yeah, but his look is iconic, though. Damaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tattoos. Uh, what are they thinking? Yeah, right? <laughs> so silly. That's one of the funniest. It's so hilarious. Uh, it was it was the best part of Suicide Squad because it was funny and the rest was boring. So <laughs> this might be a good thing. You never know. It might be. Yeah, I don't know what we'll I don't know what their plan is, but the Snyder cut sounds hilarious. And it's like, okay, so if I've never seen Justice League. I'm wondering what kind of experience I would get watching the yeah. Snyder Cut first without having seen yeah. Justice League. You should do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I should. I should. Yeah, I, I should so. save myself. I should stay a yeah. virgin. Because you can always. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, like, ju- the original Justice League. You'll be able to find it. Okay. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. I'll keep myself pure. Doesn't matter. For the if Snyder you watch Cut, it, you'd, you'd forget about it really quick because <laughs> it's really forgettable. Yeah, true. There won't be many people yeah. who are able to have this perspective because so many people have seen Justice League. So I'll have a real yeah, inside so. scoop. <laughs> yeah, Thought will be bombed. <laughs> I mean, anybody who's willing to see the Snyder Cut has probably yeah. seen Justice League is what I'm saying. That's true. That's yeah. definitely true. <laughs> if you can make it to the end, though, Adam, of that original cut, I'd, I would actually probably be shocked to be honest oh yeah based on your taste mm-hmm. yeah okay it's so boring and forgettable as ralph said oh that's unfortunate yeah i was almost thinking it's of doing like a commentary or something but if it probably like wouldn't work out for it i don't know i heard that the bvs was like super fucking boring and that justice league wasn't as boring as that they're both only boring. Co- only because it's shorter because <laughs> they mandated oh. it couldn't be over two hours long yeah, yeah that helps a lot oh that's so funny justice, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like the first thing that they told Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. 
They told Joss Sweden. Because <laughs> remember yeah. with Justice League, they were showing they were showing like clips of it like such a long time before it came out, and they were like focus testing it just to the nth degree. Yeah, so a lot it of just focus came out. As... And then you know Joss Sweden directed all that shit. Yeah, he directed the second half of the movie basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did all he the got the blame. Yeah. yeah. There was a good movie somewhere. <laughs> it says directed by Zack Snyder in the movie. There's no Joss Whedon. Oh, man. And Joss Whedon's like pretty fucking openly liberal, too. Imagine how Armand White feels about like the first guy. He's like a fucking oh, liberal came in and ruined Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going through his head? Man. That's awesome. What a silly project. Out of everything that could possibly get made, like, they should just film make a wise. Movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's coming out, like, next uh, October 2021, I think. Wow. Oh. It's just so long. That, like, that far? It's, like, it's such it, a cutthroat industry. Isn't it? Apparently, yeah. they're just redoing everything. Like, what are they doing? Like, I don't like, know what's what going they're on. Doing. But like, what, what is it about Zacky Boy? Why does it have to be Zach? Like, what the fuck did they just release? What's that trailer? Is the movie not done? Those are just the shots because they were. It has on? to be Zach because the people that want the Snyder Cut are the people that think that Batman versus Superman was a good movie, and that like the only reason that people don't like it is because of some conspiracy by Marvel to like, I guess, <laughs> rig Rotten Tomatoes and like inject people with gay frog juice or something <laughs> to make them not like the movie. Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's like they they have their excuses, dating, right? So, you're like, Justice League would have been good <laughs> if it was Zack Snyder. There was a good movie somewhere. It's not our They're fault. They're just putting an awful lot of faith in him. That, that's I know, the confusing right? part. It's just, <laughs> it seems like a disaster waiting to happen. But also, yeah. you know what? I think people give a lot more credit for episodic series. So maybe just that alone of it being like an HBO episodic thing, maybe that alone will make people feel more positively towards it in a way that they wouldn't if it was just a single film. Yeah, nothing had any development. Even if anything gets expanded on, you know, if there's like a couple complete arcs, that that's an improvement. It looked like a TV show, so that would help. Yeah. yeah. You just watch it on TV. It is funny that he gets to, like, <laughs> learn from the mistakes of Justice League and pretend, like, oh, no, I wasn't going to do anything like that. <laughs> Just pretend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is my yeah. cut of it. Yeah. It's so drastically different. It's going to be so drastically different. It's like all of pe all right. people's, like, biggest issues with it were, like, his ideas, but he just pretends otherwise. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. See, I was going to do this the whole time. He wanted Jared Leto in it the whole time? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> They, they Clearly, it was out. his vision, though, you know? So, you've got to trust sure. his vision. So, there was a film recommendation from me. Spoiler discussion for mm -hmm. Grave of the Fireflies. And let me just quickly apologize, because I forgot it was, like, Halloween shit coming up. <laughs> and, like, yeah, all across well for all of my channels, I, like, this year, I just, like, didn't celebrate Halloween because I just forgot about it. Because this whole year is a nightmare, so it's yeah, the whole, the whole year. We don't need, like, a month mm. to be spooked this this year. So yeah, I forgot sure. to do a horror movie. Oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> we got a sad one. Well, it's horrific in ways. This is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's horror elements to it. Uh, anyway. By the time it's out, it'll be November 2nd. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, for so for our uh, our patrons and our yeah, uh, the patrons, yeah, yeah, it'd, they it'd be could have gotten time. it by October thirty first. Whatever. It's it's so funny because <laughs> like the new uh, <laughs> the Dark Pictures Little Hope is releasing October thirtieth. I'm like, people would have been playing this shit all October, and you're releasing it in the last two days of October. Anyway, Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> is a very uh, bleak anime film and last time when i recommended it i said that uh it was not ghibli uh well apparently it depends on how you define it because it was i think it was animated by ghibli but it's not owned by them so yes and Uh, no is the answer i guess great animation regardless and uh Mm -hmm. it's uh it's around uh world war ii there's a a young boy character uh taking care of his sister and there's a lot of sadness and and death and destruction and conflict that arises their way in their town of i think it was kobe yeah yeah it it touches on a lot of different uh, elements and uh what did you what did you think i thought it was great I thought it was really great very powerful really well animated mhm very sad it didn't make me cry but mm-hmm. it was very sad <laughs> and yeah it's a very really? uh, yeah it's very it's a very emotional movie, you know, obviously about real life dark subject matter. Mm-hmm. And it's a great uh, anti-war film. Um great about like family sacrifice, you know. And it's uh even though it's animated and I guess I like I think it would be okay to show like a a family or like a a young adult, like a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's very like yeah, it's just very dramatic and a lot of death (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh it's very sad movie yeah it's just about these completely innocent kids being victims of circumstance Mm -hmm. and just just the the little moments of of beauty that they're able to scramble together in their their fight for survival it's it's harrowing in that way also just adding in the whole kind of metaphorical angle with the 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 fireflies thing but that's what kind of broke Mm -hmm. my heart Mm -hmm. with the the little girl commenting on the that great scene where they bring the fireflies into their new little house and have like a moment together um and she she comments on why they have to die so young kind of reflecting you know the the children characters themselves being mm-hmm. the the yeah. little lights going out too soon and being the light in the dark and the innocence and all of that and it also acts as like a metaphor for the just the visual side of it with the like dropping bombs and these carpet bombs and it kind of doubling up on that. If you look on the poster, you can see kind of, if you zoom in, like a combo, some of them are fireflies, some oh. of them are bombs dropping. Oh, great. Yeah, it reminded me of like Come and See in ways, like obviously different. Yes, yes, but, yes. Um, I, know, I had the same thought. Yeah, just like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's some shit that children probably shouldn't be doing with their day, but that's reality, I guess. You know, yeah. you, you don't even have to, like, go back in history. There's, like, child soldiers in other parts of the world right now. And, like, war-torn mm-hmm. countries, children being exposed to all this shit that they yeah. really shouldn't. Well, for, yeah, just from a storytelling, like, perspective, having children, completely innocent children as the main characters, just like in Come and See, is very effective mm-hmm. to just display the, the, the contrast of the, you know, just the horror and the, the, the effect on innocence it has, because you can't really criticize a small child in, in any way. So they are just so hopeless in the situation that you can't help but feel for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be a very different movie with different goals if you had like rugged, chiseled main character, like 
you know, I'm like, I'm mm. going to fight back or like, you know, sort of thing like that. And this is really like, you know, not only just about survival, but about, I guess, like just the these characters and how they interact with each other and like how war influences people in communities to act towards each other. Because a lot of this mm-hmm. movie deals with theft. There's a lot of theft in this movie, and it's um, it's really showcased in a way where it's like, okay, well, you don't blame these characters for stealing. Mm-hmm. And it's really crazy just like despite them being children and despite them having some help from some people in the town sometimes, the war itself has caused people to be very like insular and like protective of their own for the time being because mm-hmm. like they don't know if they'll have enough food for themselves sort of thing so they have to make these decisions being like okay well i can't you know it doesn't matter how cute the kid is like i can't sell them my my food right now so like that being a huge part of the movie i really liked mm-hmm. and you can't undervalue the visual side uh, yeah the one thing we, we we constantly rag on kind of child actors and how that can weigh a movie down but here you're in the perfect situation because the animators are the actors effectively and you have you know you have Very kids true. doing the voices and you mm-hmm. can uh, you can do that as many times as you want behind the scenes and get it perfect, but that 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 animation though it has so much uh, timing, the timing of it all, everything mm-hmm. has such kind of weight to it, all the all the intricacies mm-hmm. to the way characters just walk around, they trip over the just the weight of how like yeah. a comb goes through someone's hair. There's so much detail in that, and it's so yeah. it's so genuine the way the kids interact with each other, the, the little quirks they go through, like losing one of their shoes when they're running and. That's that's when it affected me the most emotionally was the dynamic of because the parents, of course, are both killed. So it's kind of up to the older brother to be the, you know, the the adult in the situation and be be the strong one. So any any time he had to kind of carry it for both of them. And that was really heartbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of detail in the animation, I, I noticed that um it's not a piano. I forget what instrument it is. It was like in that PTA movie, uh, Punch Drunk Love. I forget, but um, <laughs> there's a when, oh, when yeah, they're yeah. playing the the notes there. Like those notes were accurate. I was like, oh, very interesting. Like they actually put that oh, cool. thought into it. Oh, yeah, there's like a a bit of a spiritual, like fantastical element to mm-hmm. this, like the ghosts. Very. But it Japanese. wasn't a Ghibli movie like that. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it's really, very subdued compared yeah, to the for the most part. It whimsy. was subdued. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it had a lot of weight to it for the most part. It was just kind of set in the real world even though it was animated. Yeah, fucking that, sad. <laughs> there's an aspect to this that I'm very interested in that I was reading, because mm-hmm. apparently the director denies that it's an anti-war film, Oh, which I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> neutral. The film is not at all an anti-war anime and contains absolutely no such message. Instead, uh, Takahata had intended to convey an image of the brother and sister living a failed life due to isolation from society and invoke sympathy, particularly in people in their teens and 20s. Hmm. I, I, I kind of reject that. That's really confusing, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me because the whole reason they're forced into isolation from society is because of a horrific war. Yeah, and, and, because... And there's so much... Imi- <laughs> like the, the re- and it's a story about the, the misery of it and the loss of it. There's mm-hmm. so much death and destruction. It's it's about the end of World War II in Japan, you know, and that was obviously a time of like a lot of innocent people were like, had or suffered because of this war. But and did you mean to tell me that similar situation? 
that shot of the little girl uh, putting on the kind of army uniform and saluting, like, mm-hmm. I, I read that just so I can come and see us, like an anti-war. I, I mm-hmm. don't really understand a... what else it would be. It's, <laughs> it's such a bizarre <laughs> thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine people looking at your, like, tragic like death and destruction sad fest movie and saying like oh it's an anti-war film and imagine your response to, to that being like no it's not yeah. <laughs> it's neil breen <laughs> it is not a midnight movie like, what, what do you mean what? <laughs> why are you ashamed of it it is possible there might be something lost in translation oh maybe uh, from the, yeah. that is possible but at the same time it is strange that this is uh trivia attached to the movie because I, I i genuinely don't understand what he's saying <laughs> that, that is a very bizarre thing to say because yeah i don't understand what the the point of the movie would be otherwise you know it's exploring mm-hmm. the horrors of of war and all the best war movies tend to do that and mm-hmm. i felt this was no different to you know yeah that's, yeah. that's exactly how i felt <laughs> he said there's like no anti-war imagery i'm like the 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 plane dropping bombs on the like that was pretty anti-war imagery. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. What about the like children seeing dead bodies on the beach and yeah. <laughs> you know their parents dying and them being forced to starve and get ill? Like I just, I'm very confused by that. Maybe if they didn't turn into ghosts, then it would be an anti-war movie. But since they turn into ghosts, <laughs> they're like, well, <laughs> I guess I guess it worked out pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of the ghost element i mean like i've only ever seen the movie once now but correct me if i'm wrong alex but like there are parts of the movie where we see their ghost selves again so like what the the entire movie is basically like a memory kind of i think is that like yeah it, it you... kind of starts mm-hmm. with them just establishing the they're dead yeah and the the, the way they're able to play with that and it doesn't it doesn't rob anything away from the the emotion of it i think it's very effective um but yeah the ghost angle is i I like that just just Mm -hmm. just a dash of whimsy yeah just to 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 start it and finish it i was hoping that they would reincorporate the opening at the end i think that the opening scene is impactful enough that I, I don't think it would be lessened by them showing it again, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, you know, it probably said a lot of things, made criticisms that completely contradict that in other movies, but, you know, it's... You're not a fan of that opening... The Sorry, the closing shot of them looking over the, the city. I loved the, the scene of him, like, starving to death, basically. I loved mm-hmm. that so much that I was hoping for that to be more of, like, a... Uh, punch to the gut in a conclusive way, not like an opening to the film sort of way. Because mm. it made me go back and rewatch the first scene and then stop the movie, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so I like right. did that to You're my just, my own yeah. experience. I just watched the first part again. I was like, oh, that's great. Um, and you get like all the details mm. there too of just like, okay, like yeah, it's her bones and ashes in the mm-hmm. candy box or whatever, and. And it, there's a completely different context to it too when you like realize that like as the guy is throwing it, doing his like his baseball pitch wind up, it's like oh man, it's just it's like feels disrespectful even though he doesn't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. and like yeah, just like the context of like that full story that the main character had and then being looked at just by some random officer is like oh another one you can tell in his eyes he's like mm-hmm. you know just this this because of their environment they cannot possibly 
empathize with each individual in the way that they might normally be able to. He's turned into kind of a statistic in a way. Like I, 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 mm-hmm. I loved that so much. And I think that the entire context of the movie helps that. And that's why I was kind of wishing for it to be at the end, not necessarily to repeat itself, but like to just be there with a, a new context rather than just the beginning of the movie. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah. I guess it'd be a challenge with it starting with him literally saying, I'm dying right now. I'm dead. Yeah. This is the day, the moment I die. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I love the opening, but I don't know if I would love the movie any less if if that opening wasn't there and they just did it at the end instead. I don't know. It's a really difficult thing. I I, I have no idea what this other movie would be. I think it's quite a powerful opening. Oh, I thought it was super powerful. That's why I wanted to see mm. it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being nitpicky, I guess. Uh, it's, there's so many gut punches for me during yeah. the movie. Just so many little tender moments. It, it, and it, it's just that animation. I think it's so beautiful. The the water, especially, I thought was very impressive. That mm-hmm. when he's like washing his face in that kind of broken pipe, and there's just so much detail to everything. It flows so well. And apparently, they it was one of the first kind of animated movies to use brown line work as opposed mm-hmm. to black. Okay. Um, kind of to give it more of a a, a softer feel. Mm-hmm. As a, as a little bit of a challenge for the animators, because I think they were they were working on Grave of the F- Fireflies and Totoro at the same time, mm. or something, some kind of weird double bill thing. Um, so everyone was like watching a uh, Totoro, and was you know a cutesy little kid yeah. movie that's like loving, yeah, I heard and about that, carefree, but then. Uh, <laughs> go over to this movie and it's like quite the opposite yeah but i have a lot of respect for it like can you imagine like pixar or dreamworks working on a project like this no 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 i can't but that's the thing though is like uh animation in japan is very it's not confined to just being seen as Mm -hmm. like a kid's thing like that's why this film can exist in japan (laughs) as an anime is because like there are adult animes in plenty of different places it's not seen it's not out of the ordinary for anime to be a medium for adults it's you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 not constrained i wish that that was the case in western like america or anything yeah it's sad but Ghibli movies have the most delicious looking food in them. Always. Because food's obviously a huge part of the movie. <laughs> Anime food. So they make it look <laughs> as delicious as they can, yeah. yeah. I want to make rice balls now. Yeah, even those <laughs> little like sweets that got, were getting stuck mm-hmm. on the napkin. Were like You could just tell immediately what it was from the just the way they introduced little details like that. Because yeah. there isn't that much dialogue. It's a lot of very expressive, just using the frame to tell the story type stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they're like shaking it out. And there's like three mm. of them stuck together in like a tiny little like broken piece. And like pouring water <laughs> into it to drink. Yeah. The like there's water. there's a lot of detail in it's there. It's really relatable. Of yeah. like how that would reasonably react in, in real life. You know, just like the physics of it, <laughs> which is nice. I like mm. that a lot. Because mm. it, it, it gives an implication of like thought from the writers when they're storyboarding it. And deciding like yeah. how to you know communicate everything in the scene, they're like, you can tell that they're there in their mind, like they're imagining this thing mm-hmm. and thinking of like what these characters would do with it, and it adds a lot of like personality and relatability to these characters. It gives them a lot of life that they otherwise wouldn't have to show them doing not 
otherwise wouldn't have like they would have no life but like it 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 helps it helps express them in a way where we're not really thinking of them as characters to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have them doing these like tiny but like super realistic things that you just don't see in other movies weird little yeah moments and it, it, those little moments almost acted as a bit of a break from the misery yeah. like you feel like such elation when they when they're doing something so minor just like getting a sweet out of their pocket with a tissue on it like that's a huge moment yeah. to these guys because of just the, the situation they're stuck in did you guys watch the subtitled one or the dub sub all the way <laughs> yeah i watched yeah, sub. I, I watched the sub one okay but some people might have watched the dub i i don't know yeah some people maybe review. i'm sure it's i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's good ghibli movies <laughs> tend to have all right dubs actually there were yeah. a few examples actually from from memory i, I remember spirited mm-hmm. away having an all right one and how's moving castle yeah i mean if the japanese dub for fucking the lion king is good why don't you just watch that with english subtitles <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like the the audio that was recorded from the the original creators. The intent mm-hmm. is there and is the same. The original I, director picked. Yeah, if the intent is completely different and somehow better with like a different dub, then I, I'll probably watch that for a different experience. But th- the likelihood of me discovering that is slim because I'll always just watch the original with subtitles. Yeah, and I would say specifically for this movie that. You want to watch it in Japanese. Yeah. The the film takes place in Japan. It's a yeah. Japanese oriented movie. Ch- I'll like check out the Rikio dub later because yeah. you said that that was funny. <laughs> yeah, right? that was so like fun. for that, that context. Then for sure, <laughs> yeah. that sounds uh, for that that's like a fun. comedy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Over the top martial arts. Mm-hmm. I just can't get this thing out of my head with you saying at the beginning with the intro and mm-hmm. like just describing it in detail, and then it somehow not being an anti-war film like i just oh yeah I'm really hung up on that I'm i really don't hung up on that. <laughs> he's a real armand way <laughs> like, we'll never we'll yeah never maybe someone that. can elaborate in the comments or something but yeah i'm a bit confused about that one yeah there might there might be some more context or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting back to the animation i really loved how the character design of the the sister was portrayed as she was like starving to death her face was like sunken and like her eyes were getting smaller too which is kind of like Mm -hmm. a a trick in in anime you know like they're cuter when they have bigger eyes not just anime but lots of different Mm -hmm. animation mediums so you can like tell there's something wrong and it was kind of it, it was a really nice like slow descent into that that's what i wasn't expecting was like a slow death by starvation because as i was watching the film um they're like playing on the beach and shit all i was thinking in my head is like this is a little too cute she's gonna die like this is this is just building up like right yeah yeah because i didn't like fully get the you know you thought it's just gonna be like a like in dunkirk like yeah but yeah what i didn't expect was that it would just be like really slow <laughs> like depressing death it, it i i was expecting like oh she gets shot or something you know and it's like mm-hmm. as you're watching her die too it almost seems like oh man just like just get her the food like it almost seems like so preventable and so so senseless this loss which is a, a word that can yeah. be used to describe many war or anti-war <laughs> films mm-hmm. like the deaths of these characters just you know, didn't need to happen. It's so sad. Yeah, that's 
that is the point of the movie to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just carried by this. It's such a genuine relationship between those two characters. Just the all the details in there. I'm repeating myself now, but it, it does. It is really heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, aunt character? Aunt. I thought she was actually really interesting character because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. apparently in the uh like the tv version because this is based on a book so it's been adapted a couple of times but in the tv oh, wow. version the it's from her perspective from oh. how it's someone who goes from being like a kind caring person into a you know the opposite mm-hmm. so i thought i oh, thought they managed to okay. just about get that across <laughs> with her because as a, again it is just the the nature of war and the, and the circumstance of yeah. it where well, yeah, you have no food, and she starts getting frustrated with them because she did, you know, she was kind of forced into them, into her life, and it's no one's fault. But at the same time, like they are just kids. It's a very complex situation handled really well, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I've heard some criticisms that like her reaction towards them turning negative kind of like came out of nowhere, and I get that. I don't really feel like like it is sudden for sure in terms of like how it's uh, shown narratively, but. You know, with a passage of time happening, regardless, you know, that that's being communicated and B, I've known people in my life that will like keep something internally until they one day just like finally say, you know, until they're like, oh, you haven't been helping around, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. you didn't know beforehand because they were thinking it and didn't tell you sort of thing. So that's also like something that is totally fine with it. And what else is going to bring that out of you? Yeah. A, A war, a world war, you know? Mm-hmm. That doesn't really bother me. Yeah, I do. I do like where it went. I, I had zero comprehension of what this movie would be, other than it's always on Reddit's "made me cry" list or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was impressed by it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I do too. I don't have like a lot of criticisms with it. Really, yeah. like I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. I just thought, like I thought the story was great. And... It's a great and it's so brisk as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is a short film, and if and you know, not that it feels short, but I was just so immersed in what was going on. You know, I didn't care about the length. I think right. with the fact that it's like a animated format, so regardless of whether or not uh-huh. it's like a Ghibli movie, I think that was making me expect that it would be more of like an adventure. You know, not not in tone, but like in terms of like. I guess scale or like where these characters were, but I was, yeah, I was surprised to find out like, Oh yeah, this is basically a a movie that just takes place in one location the entire time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and in ways you could argue like, Oh, well this could have just been live action too. Um, and you know, that's partially true, but I think that it being animated does add a lot of value to it. And as Alex pointed out, you know, I'd probably be really annoyed by a child performance if, if it was live action, especially anyway. with how young that kid is. Oh yeah, she's, like she's gotta... only very, very young. And yeah, to show to show the child like literally starving to death. Yeah, that that would be much. It, well, it's a twelve A in the UK, which oh, yeah. is surprising. But yeah, I don't think I don't the ratings that high in Canada either. Let's see. Because I mean, there's a fair amount of death. Obviously, they don't they don't hide away from that. I mean, the, the little girl finds the body on the beach. There's, I mean, there's bodies everywhere, violence everywhere, mm-hmm. death and destruction. They they don't hold back from that, which I do mm-hmm. appreciate, but it, it is just surprising to me that it is only a 12A, considering, because would you show this to a 12-year-old? I, I don't know, I guess. 
Yeah, but that's the thing, though, is, like, these content ratings aren't based off of, like, emotional experiences or, like, <laughs> right. what someone yeah, might be thinking. There's, there's no blood. It's literally just, like, the most... Ob- like, cool swear words. <laughs> they yeah, they exactly. had a PP on screen for two frames. <laughs> It's it's a really childish way of looking at media, and that's unfortunately how these rating systems are. But yeah, it looks like uh, PG in Canada, except for Quebec, which is G. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it it's showing as like not rated in the U.S. for some reason. I don't know why. It just got a oh, DVD release. Yeah, maybe. DVD what? rating. There we go. TV fourteen and TV PG mm-hmm. for the DVD. Okay. Sounds right. Why is the so the the TV airing was rated TV fourteen and the DVD was TV PG? You would think that the TV broadcast would be the one to cut something out <laughs> if there was something, right? Yeah, that got a higher rating in the US. That's really weird. <laughs> Interesting. All right. <laughs> Music was really great too. I really liked the yeah. soundtrack. It was very um, very eighties still. It felt mm-hmm. felt very useful points, way. but yeah, I liked the main theme a lot. Something you know that really complements the whole ghost thing. This like whimsical, like bittersweet mm-hmm. kind of emotions going into the soundtrack. Yeah, I really liked the use of music when I think is it on the beach where he, he's on the pole and he's like starts swinging around it mm-hmm. to try and cheer her up. Yeah, and then it yeah. and then it comes in. Yeah, I found that very effective. Yeah, that was a great moment, man. I I. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I kind of laughed at that part. Just, just the, the visual image <laughs> of like, quick, watch me, sister, and just fucks around on the monkey bars while she's crying. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I get it. I understand like the the bittersweet elements of it, and he's like trying to cheer I think her it's up. It's supposed she, to be kind of fun. It's such, yeah. yeah, it's just, such what a little kid would do to try and yeah. cheer yeah. up. You know, like they're just not mature enough. They just don't know how to deal with a yeah. situation yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Man, good movie. I don't know if you have anything more to say about it, but yeah, I wish it yeah. did. I I have no criticism really. I just thought it was I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. No, I I really <laughs> yeah. like it. Didn't change my life or anything. It's not like the most emotionally like <laughs> powerful film I've ever seen. Yeah, but yeah well, it's like really... if it was anti-war, then you would have learned that war is bad. But it's not an anti-war film, so it can't possibly make you feel that way. <laughs> I, I, I would show it to young adults, uh, Alex. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like a twelve, thirteen year old. Like it's a good film about that. Like the impact of yeah, war it has historical and, and, yeah, uh, and what World War Two had that kind of impact on just yeah. innocent people. It's not yeah. like gratuitous or anything. Yeah, it's very tasteful. No, it isn't gratuitous at all. I mean, it shows these things. These things are horrifying. You know, you should show them as horrifying. Mm-hmm. But in in the context of it being, you know, it, with a good message of of you know, well, I don't. What is the message at the end of it? Well, it's not <laughs> anti-war. Is it, is it <laughs> Is it optimistic? Is it like you'll see your family in the next life, even though they all died in this life? Mm. <laughs> Don't piss off your <laughs> own image. Yeah. yeah, they'll all they'll all be ghosts. Like that's like the about as optimistic as it as it gets. I think. God fucking damn it! Now I have that L City song in my head. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one called Fireflies. Uh, fuck! Why did you have to do somebody, that? Somebody did a mashup of that song <laughs> and the vocals from Death Grips Guillotine. It was pretty good. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Firefly. Yeah. There's some good message to get out of this. There's some yeah. positivity. <laughs> well, glad I saw it. Yeah, thank you for recommending this because no I, I haven't even heard of it before. Yeah. So, so how many how many uh, animes have you seen now? 
Not, not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Akira, this, Animatrix. Yes. Animatrix. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Animatrix. Mononoke? Mononoke, yeah. yeah. Um, Spirited Away. Okay. Like yeah. some Miyazaki movies. Now. Okay. Yeah, this was like a Miyazaki kind of, not as, not as fantastical. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. With the war theme, it's much more realistic. Yeah, I think it makes it stand out more in the catalog. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like it's more reserved. I, I really, yeah. I guess the I really closest like is The Wind Rises. Uh-huh. That's like mm-hmm. Miyazaki's take on, on, on war, though. It's just about like a, a pilot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good fucking movies. Well, I'm giving this one a 8 out of 10 for now. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that changes on my second watch. Loved it. Yeah, I gotta see more now. Yeah, I really emotionally connect with this movie, and I think it's it's pretty much perfect to me. Um, I, I give it 5 star. Did I give a rating? No, you didn't. 10? <laughs> Eight or a nine out of ten, like eight okay. or yeah. So four and awesome. four star, four and a half, somewhere in there. Awesome. I'd like to see it again. Yeah. Dank. Nice. Mm-hmm. Question time. Let's move into the questions then. If you want to leave your own for us to answer in subsequent episodes, head over to the Sardonicast subreddit and head over to the suggestion thread. Harrison Lang twenty two is going to start us off. I have owned a movie store for a year now, so I'm curious hmm. without a pandemic in mind do you guys still enjoy going to movie stores and picking out movies for your collection if so do you have a favorite store you go to a lot slash try to support or for your convenience have you guys just stuck with streaming or online purchases thanks i loved blockbuster back in the day but they're they're all closed now um most video places are closed now i don't know if you guys have any around you yeah there's some independent ones in uh vancouver yeah, there's like one chain in the UK. Okay, yeah, there was like one independent one. I I was in LA for a bit, and I there was one around there. I'll try to find the name of it, but that was a really nice one, and it had like it was for real cinephiles. They had like a big organized area of like every director, um, mm. basically every film director, and like all their films cataloged, so you could see them in order. Um, yeah, it was great. They had like merchandise with like a uh, like Sergio Leone on a bag. You could bring like food shopping, oh, you know, because you, you know you can't bring like a, you have to use like your own bags there, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go food shopping now, you can't like use plastic bags at the store, so they right. have like food bags with like uh, Hitchcock on it, and <laughs> whatever. Yes. It was great. Yeah, I'll try to find another yeah, place. That's but... what you want. I find some of the chains can be quite like tacky when they're going for mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, you know, where it doesn't feel as genuine, and they're all, all really overpriced around here anyway. Mm-hmm. There was a fucking awesome chain called the Movie Studio back in the day. I doubt it exists anymore. And I don't know exactly where it was, but it was in Edmonton for sure, and there were a few different locations. And they would literally, like, if you asked them to order a DVD so that you could rent it, they would just order anything. So, like, uh-huh. in they had an entire, like, alternative section. They had, like, literally the Red versus Blue DVDs and, like, the Strong Bad DVDs wow. and shit. Like so much crazy shit like i found out about so much stuff just by browsing their movie store there was like um wonder shows in i probably wouldn't have watched if i hadn't seen the cover there mm. like hard candy mm-hmm. i just looked at the cover there and i was like oh this is interesting you know so many awesome movies and f- i shit you not despite this being like a chain store where you know anybody could like go in they had a fucking hentai section. <laughs> they literally had what? a hentai section. And they gave you free popcorn when you came in. You could literally just show up there and be like, I want some popcorn okay. and leave without even bu- buying anything. They didn't give a shit. Oh, that was an awesome place. And it was so huge, yeah, too. 
It was like they had they had fucking everything. And so what I would I would do is I would just like look at a bunch of new releases and a bunch of titles and decide what I want to watch and sometimes rent things and you know, if I couldn't afford it, I'd look at the cover and then go back home and torrent it or whatever, but yeah, it was awesome. And now there's like, you know, there's a couple independent places. There's like Black Dog Video in Vancouver. There's um the Lobby in Edmonton, which is my hometown. The Lobby is like run by a guy that really, really loves horror movies and just constantly nice. has them playing. So there's like a little couch and like a TV that's constantly playing like slasher gore horror movies. <laughs> and it shares a building, not not the same room, but it shares a building with a children's daycare. So if you like make the wrong turn, it's like it's like little little children or death and gore and destruction. Um, it's pretty good. I haven't been to one recently. Yeah, I haven't been recently, but I guess streaming has kind of fulfilled that same role. You kind of browse on Netflix now instead of browsing it's not the on the same. shelves of a store. Yeah, it's, it's not, not no, I, I agree it's not the same. <laughs> it's not, but I guess that is just what's taken the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks because a good poster, a good movie poster that's like eye-catching and clever, That's 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 like an art form. But now the like the thumbnails on Netflix like they change every other day. It's not really the same. Yeah, thing and anymore. it's like curated yeah. for you in a way. Yeah, it's like different yeah. than just you know you you won't find something so out of your element the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, browsing a video store. Yeah, and having like a box in your hand. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't been in a long time for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, there's none around the COVID and all that shit. It's easier just to order a movie. Like I still like the Blu-ray. I still rather own a physical copy, but I just mm-hmm. order the movie. You know, yeah, to bring it to my apartment. The convenience, <laughs> like, just bring it aspect, has really killed it for me because right, I don't mm-hmm. want to rent something. I don't want to pay money to not own it. And if I do want to buy it, I don't want to leave the house to buy it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. oops, no. sorry. No, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Killing the industry. I can get so many Blu-rays for cheap, too. Like, ten bucks. Yeah. yeah. Why would I pay for a service? I could just buy the Blu-ray, have it shipped here, Amazon, one day later, and then that's it. I own it forever. Mm-hmm. It's just like... It's it's an outdated thing. Yeah, I guess it's a niche at this point. Yeah. They're not really providing a better service in any way. Home video has changed a lot, obviously, since yeah. like Blockbuster started at the time of VHS. You know, there was that was the only option. It looked like total garbage. <laughs> DVDs were slightly better. Now it's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally irrelevant at this point. Physical copy still looks better though than like what they stream. Yeah, I like so. 4K UHD is going to look better than 4K Netflix. But mm-hmm. yeah, 1080p Netflix, like some movies just look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does ruin some. Oh no, Blu-ray looks great. Even a DVD looks better. Some of them. I'm willing to yeah. watch something in not the most perfect quality imaginable, but still really good quality. My first time watching it, and then if I love it, and then I can just buy the 4K yeah. Blu-ray if that exists, right? Yeah. yeah, for convenience. But how sad is that? Like the first time you watch a movie, it should be the best possible yeah. way of watching it. I okay. understand it's a convenience thing. I understand the convenience. Cause I'm the same way. I do the same shit. Like I'd rather watch it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like you, you sh- we should be watching it the best way possible the first time. And it sucks that it's like not even easily accessible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Or like yeah, I can't just can't go to Blockbuster. Anymore. <laughs> Blockbuster used to just be the best. It was right there. It was right down the street. I worked at Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And you know they'd even ship it to your house too. They did. They started doing that because Netflix did that in the early two thousands. Yeah, they would ship it to your house. Like, you, you oh yes, yeah, so it, like it was like a month. Their business that. model was yeah. so different. Yeah, uh, but that was great too. Mm-hmm. Watched a fuck ton of movies that way. Yeah, same. I have fond mm-hmm. memories of that. Mm-hmm. I kept the Electra one. By accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's from like years ago. Like no one gives a shit about that. <laughs> Do they even Why is still my do credit that Netflix? So bad. I think they do. <laughs> <laughs> that one electric. Yeah, I owe them like six thousand dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, the late fees are exponential growth. <laughs> Individual log has one for us. Who are the best movie characters named Ralph, Adam, and Alex? Alex, you cannot answer. Alex the Lion. Ah, oh, what are you Ralph doing to him? The Simpsons. Ralph. Yeah, I'm kind of screwed now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, Ralph Wiggum. Yeah, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> okay, pick well, that's nose. fucking... <laughs> I have to look this up. I've got uh, Alex Murphy. I've got Robocop. Okay. Or um, Alex DeLarge, obviously. Because the only thing off, off the off a memory of like a character named Adam, and I don't know why this is jumping out, was like Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Sixth Day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really oh, like that movie. That's such a deep cut random. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think it was just because I watched it when I was really young and I was like, his name's Adam. And so it's always just stayed <laughs> just in my fucking... So let's see. I'm scrolling Wreck-It through Ralph. here. How about oh, Wreck-It yeah. Ralph? Yeah. Go to Wreck-It. Uh, the Rock's going to play Black Adam. Oh, yeah, but that's on my watch list just because of the title. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Watch Mojo has a video, Top 10 Characters Named Adam. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Watch Mojo. Can you play it? Just play it right now. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Deus Ex Human Revolution. I forgot about that one. (laughs) I wish you could share the audio. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Watch Mojo. I I would totally watch a a Watch Mojo video right now. Named Adam. (laughs) Top 10 lawns. (laughs) Oh, there is no Watch Did you lie to me? Was that sarcasm? I'm looking at the website right now. No, I'm genuine. Is it not in my region? I just looked up. Oh, it must be on the like. I'm on the Watch Mojo website. I guess it's their like. Oh, it's not a video. It's like an article. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, That's on. even better. We could read it. <laughs> oh, there's there's a rank. <laughs> top ten Adams. <laughs> oh, the the, the oh my god, the B from a uh, B movie. The, the uh, not the main one, but he's like best friend. It's called Adam Flayman. <laughs> Adam West. Okay, That's not a character. Yeah, in Family Guy, he is so. Oh, Adam West in Family Guy. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You got all the good ones, fuck. I mean, it's like a fucking common, it's a biblical name. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, Adam Jensen is so far my favorite Deus Ex yeah. series. Yeah, I've only ever played Human Revolution, though. Yeah, I played a bit of that one. Where's, can you link this Watch Mojo thing? I can't find it. Yeah, look, let me try it. I, I can't figure out what I'm looking at. Is it like a suggestion? Or <laughs> I think it's, it yeah, it's a suggestion. PC? It's not a real, okay, that's what I was found too, yeah. It's like they're they're it's it's oh, okay. it's somebody voting, telling Watch Mojo to make a video titled. That's this. how they do. This it. is probably how they come up with all their ideas. Is they just get people on their website being like, make a video about this. So yeah, this <laughs> yeah. This, this doesn't have any 
characters there on the list. It's just well, the, the Sardonicus fans need to go and upvote that so they can make a video on it. Oh, so yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I endorse that. Top 10 funniest Glenn Quagmire moments has not <laughs> Yeah, I saw top 10 um, Adam Sandler characters. Top 10 movie characters that deserve to die. <laughs> what was your answer, Ralph? Uh, what was the question? Wreck-It Ralph, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph... Cra- Ralph, uh, Ralph Wiggum. Ralph yeah, Wiggum, the, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right. Adam Jensen, that's mine. There we go. Is Ralph, Cram- Ralph Cramden? Or ha- yeah, how about, how about Adam from the Bible? Because that's not real either. Ouch. Oh, ouch. First man (laughs) ever. We have one here I really want to talk about, all right? From Liam Bilsky? Bilsky? From a visual standpoint, what are some films you would consider to be the ugliest? It's the ugliest film, because I've got one. I'm not sure if you can beat that being Shark Tale. (laughs) I I think Shark Tale might be the ugliest film I've ever seen. I think the character design, the actual, like, fidelity of the animation is so aged now. Worst in food just, fight? Like, that one doesn't even fucking count. <laughs> okay, yeah, if you're going to say, like... Because, like, a lot of straight-to-DVD action movies that I've been yeah. watching recently, like, I the guess lighting if you, is Yeah, if you're counting you those, know, then... They're all brown. Think, like, the Steve yeah. Seagal movies, the Bruce Willis, um, they look like total shit. I watched one with Nick Cage called Primal <laughs> uh, recently. It's like mm, a... Primal? Yeah, he's, like, dressed like a, like a Australian, like animal hunter okay and and he has like a there's like a cheetah on the cover a crocodile dundee yeah there's like a, or like a panther yeah but the lighting mostly takes place or the, the movie mostly takes place on a boat and the lighting is like all practical it's horrendous it looks mm-hmm. really cheap really flat <laughs> um like just the worst like lighting you could imagine on, yeah, on a movie yeah yeah i'm looking at screenshots for, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the panther's barely in it. The CGI on it's terrible, but that the lighting is really bad in that. For unintentional, I would probably go with something like I Know Who Killed Me or something like that. The constant like blue shit was just so fucking annoying. And then for intentional, I would say something like Trash Humpers by Harmony Korine. It's like that's supposed to be ugly. Mm. Yeah. You know? Okay. It aims to be ugly. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre looks very uh I guess grungy and yeah. that's like the point of it. I, you I you could that. argue great... like some Safety mm. Brothers shit, you know, it's like intentionally mm-hmm. ugly in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind some of stuff like dirty. Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was like a little, yeah, very shaky and out of focus sometimes. <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson's it's close-ups. The, the makeup ad- artist adds more grease on their face. <laughs> Ink Drop 53 is one for Adam. Uh-oh. And I'm pu- I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, so you don't Perfect. have to do it if you don't want. But <laughs> they want to know if you can show us your best Kira laugh. Um, that, oh, what they're like talking Death about Note? Is, uh, yeah, we're talking about Death Note. There's like a an infamous laugh, I think, from kind of towards the end of the show. That's quite iconic. Fuck. Well, if I'm supposed to be, am I supposed to be imitating a, a laugh from a specific episode? Because I'll reference, I'll, I'll want to like timestamp that for sure. So if I'm thinking like the anime like that I'm familiar with, I've seen like the first however many episodes more than I've seen the later ones. And in, in that sense, it's from, the, the it's Kira from laugh. towards the end. So is there, there's a specific one is what you're saying? I believe, yeah, because I just searched it up on YouTube and just whichever had the okay, most well, viewed and was most memed, I figured. Okay, was the, well, I don't know if the, the question laugh, is right? necessarily about that specific one. Because Kira laughs a lot in, in the anime. Let, I'll do one from true, memory true. right now. No, you're right. You're right. It's like, 
<laughs> it's like it, it builds a little like <laughs> yeah yeah no that's the one i'm thinking of okay yeah when he's like yeah yeah there's a, the, he's like amused with himself at first yeah and it just kind of keeps escalating and escalating <laughs> i'll take a potato chip and eat it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, that's that, a weird that question for me specifically because it. it's not like i've done that before or it's not like I've talked about doing that. Well, it was one of the most upvoted questions. So, like, they just really wanted it to happen. So, okay, I guess they got it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> potato chips. <laughs> Rabid mini bear has one. What have you guys been watching lately? Bunch of shit. Bunch of, Bunch of shit. Movies. And <laughs> <laughs> watching the world burn. Fucking miserable. Um, he's in a. He was in one China produced movie. Um, called Airstrike. <laughs> Adrian Brody's in it as well. <laughs> but it's like a China-produced movie. You know, it's the same guys who made that China salesman movie with Mike Tyson and Steve Seagal. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like a fucking scam. Like, all the Sounds movies hilarious. are scams. Like, he's, in it, he's in it for, like, 10%. It, it's literally just, like, put Bruce Willis on the cover, he's in it for 5%, 10% of the movie, and then the rest of it's filler. It's awful. Oh, have they, have they changed the name? Because um, on IMDb, it's called The Bombing. Yeah, now. it's called The Bombing and also Airstrike. It has two yeah, the titles. poster says Airstrike, but on IMDb, it says The Bombing. The, the Bombing <laughs> sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, Bruce Willis just makes me laugh now. Fucking yeah. bomb. We should do comedies. I've been watching The Wire. Damn, I need to start watching that. Good choice. Is this your first time? It is my first time, yeah. Cause yeah. How far through are you? I'm at season three. Okay. And yeah, I think it is as good as they say. It's just so well written. It's very yeah. uh, literary in that way. I really yeah. need to get to that. Very down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very good. It depends how recently. Uh, if we're talking recently, like later today, I'll be checking out Eric Andre season five. Nice. If we're talking recently, like a few weeks ago, uh, Boys season two, not as good as season one. But still fine. You didn't like it as much, did you? No, I didn't. No. Okay. It was a little, um, a little too obvious. There were more stupid, illogical things. There, there was aggressive product placement with two different brands throughout the entire series that really bugged me. You, you'll like that in the wire. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know if it could possibly be as aggressive as the boys' season two, though. Fucking Fresca um, and Almond. I'm Joy. actually blanking on. Oh, Fresco, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I didn't actually understand that because we don't really have that drink here. So it's yeah. like, is this like some that gag that and almond the... joy, the other one, constantly right, okay. in that season. It was so weird. Yeah, it's just not as well written. I don't think. Anyway, I'll still keep watching, but season one was much better and, and more subtle in what it was saying and what it was communicating. Yeah, it was definitely more subtle. But yeah, I've been reading some issues of the book, and it's like the show is very subtle compared to that. Oh yeah. The source material, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those two things, um, and then a fuck ton of movies, I guess. Random shit that's been coming out. Any standout? Oh man, like I don't know. There's there's a there's a bunch of great shit that I watched. It. I'm still doing my film festival quickies because <laughs> yeah, I just have to keep coming back to them and then you know doing my Lion King shit and go back and forth. The uh, the new Alex Gibney documentary was pretty good. It was the COVID Trump one. Mm. 
Why don't I just look at my fucking ratings real quick and then I'll end this quiz. <laughs> I heard good yeah. things about Social Dilemma. I want to watch that. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah, watched, I I watched Heat again recently. That's a great movie. It's a heist movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to, I've, somehow I've never seen that. I need yeah. to see that. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Val Kilmer has this weird growth on his elbow. <laughs> I guess from an injury. Really? Yeah, and like during the movie you can see it. There's a scene where he has like a sleeveless shirt. And like this time, I was just like, that's the only thing I can notice the whole scene. He's just like, like this disgusting on growth. It. Yeah, this disgusting growth on his <laughs> elbow. <laughs> no, I was saying to uh, Ralph before uh, we recorded that I, I saw Once Upon a Time in the West. The other oh, day. Yeah. Um, just to kind of round off that those westerns by Leon, and yeah, it's yeah, it's very, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. very good. It's great movie. Great music. Any Maracone. Yeah, some good uh, commentary. You like, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh -huh. good, really good shit. It's right. long as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is right now. Mm -hmm. There was a great movie called "There Is No Evil," and it's it was a surprisingly great movie. It's from Iran. Yeah. It's like four different stories under the same theme, sort of thing. Check it out. Mm -hmm. This is a festival. Movie? Yeah, it was at it was at Viv, okay. Vancouver. Okay. Nice. Oh yeah, Ralph, they're doing. Uh, Press applications for Sundance now if you want to mm. submit okay. one. They're doing mostly <laughs> online. Yeah. Which I'll still get to see the movies, which is that's the point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I guess that answers that question. <laughs> yeah. GGG375 asks Is it fundamentally impossible for a live action adaptation slash remake of an animated film to be good? Is there any scenario where you could see a live action remake improving? On the original film. Hmm. Let's get creative here. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to get creative. I think it's. I think anything's possible in terms of that kind of stuff. I think it's the philosophy that's the real problem behind, you know, these adaptations and remakes in live action because they're just forgetting the whole creative process. Basically, like mm -hmm. it's just a, it's just, it's so fucked up. Like like Mulan, like it it just doesn't make sense the the way they've adapted it in different mediums and you would have to have someone who was really you know built for it who had a passion for it who had full control over it and i i, I don't know i can't really see that happening unless it was like i can't even, yeah i can't even picture it happening because they're all they all come out of disney and like it's all it's all the same shit so uh -huh. yeah yeah i mean if, if you took like a terrible animated movie and then made mm. something like ironic where it was like criticizing it at the same time live action. You know, like Shrek <laughs> yeah. retold, but maybe something with like a bigger budget and from like one person. If you like it, like live action emoji movie. <laughs> like, well, if, yeah. You'd have to be creative. <laughs> you'd have to be creative with it, but. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah, as long as you're creative enough with any story, you can make it work, but it's just. The work that has to go into making that oh, live action minions. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. Well, They'll... if I make a live action review of minions, oh, please. That's, that's like, yeah, that's what it is. You know, it's just me talking about a movie in live action and I play the movie, but it's live action. True. But you got to, you got to, if that's what you want to count, reenact. You know, that's what I mean. The entire playing. film. <laughs> yeah. In yellow face. You could like recreate a, a movie in a different animation style, like a live action animation style. 
um, stop motion. Yeah. I've seen that done before. If we're considering stop motion to be live action, yeah. Yeah. Like, technically it is. It's puppetry in real is life. Also. Yeah, puppetry is too. I've seen that adapted mm. for, like, jokes, it, you know, or vice versa. Like, uh, you could take, like, the Muppets and make them animated, you know? Yeah. God, it, yeah. it's just so depressing. <laughs> I think it can be done, like you said, with the right creative person. It's just, does someone want to do it? Does someone think it's a good yeah, idea? Yeah, that's the thing, because uh-huh. the motivation is always you can just do anything, you know? the IP is recognizable. That's always the main motivation. Yeah. I want to get to the year where Disney starts doing live-action remakes of Pixar films. That sounds hilarious oh. to me. That sounds gonna fucking awesome. Yeah, they're going to do like Toy Story. Yeah, no. Imagine Monsters, Inc., live-action, you know, like a real girl or a real kid. Yeah. And then, yep. and then like live-action monsters all around. <laughs> I mean, so much of it Jesus would be Christ. digital anyway, but... Okay. Yeah. Well, they call that Lion King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would make like Sully look more realistic, and they'd make Mike look like more oh, yeah. slimy. It'll be gross. like live action because it's so realistic. Slimy yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah, it'll be gross. And then <laughs> Roz. Imagine Roz in live action. Actually, just like, gives you like a heart attack. Even more it, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if someone can reenact a bug's life with real ants. <laughs> That'd be a little weird. I don't think they could do Bugs Life. Just like they could voiceover. Do like <laughs> Just, they could do know. Wally. Wally. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could do cars with real cars. <laughs> They're gonna give it enough time. Obviously not now. I could imagine live action Incredibles. I could imagine them doing that as like yeah, their first. I can imagine all that. Yeah. Because Incredibles has like real people. If not this decade, then the next decade. I bet it's already on their plan because yeah. you know they they've written everything out to like twenty fifty, at least. Mm-hmm. All right, one more question. Okay, let's end on the quick fire round from Goosey McGooseface Two. All right, so these are <laughs> what it's like six questions, but they're oh, just shit. short answers. <laughs> okay. Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? For what? president like fuck off <laughs> give me more information <laughs> yeah true they, they you think he's a better actor <laughs> yeah as people as... schwarzenegger <laughs> i love him more yep yep same schwarzenegger is a is a very good personality um but he's Stallone more has been in a few he's been in a few movies that's true he's been in a few movies that are like considered really great like rocky yeah which he's actually very good in and and first blood is good most of his career is stupid. I, I watched that new Rambo movie, Last Blood. Oh, how was it? <laughs> it's, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> you know, he's pretty, pretty bad terrible. in it too. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, First Blood's actually, you know, First Blood is a term. Last Blood is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's Last Blood is not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever. Jackie uh, Chan or Bruce Lee? I don't, I've never seen a Bruce Lee movie. I wish I had more context because I know that Jackie Chan was like inspired by Bruce Lee, but I'm more familiar with Jackie Chan than Bruce Lee. So I, my mm. gut says Jackie Chan because I love Jackie Chan. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'd say Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, yeah. Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal? Seagal. Yeah. What, what did, do you think, did Chuck, Nor- did Chuck Norris rape anyone? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Did he? Well, no, I don't know. I'm just... He might have. Uh, well, it's just, sure. so Seagal most likely did. I'll go Chuck Norris because I don't think he's raped anyone. 
Yeah, I guess I'll give it to Chuck for the same reason. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Fuck off. Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. I abstain. This Star Wars. What about this one? I like what about this one, Adam? Voting Green Party Harry, on that Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Ralph? Easy. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, 100%. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. I'll, I'll leave it there. And the last one, Michael Bay or Roland Emmerich? <laughs> That's actually quite difficult. No, I'm um, really thinking about it. I'd go Roland Emmerich. I think he's a bit better. Yeah, I mean, I would sooner rewatch a Michael Bay movie than a Roland Emmerich movie because they're worse. Yeah, that, that's my so thought. So like Transformers process. 2, I could see myself revisiting because it's so bad. I can't revisit. Yeah, it, no. I know 2012 like, is a bad Roland movie, movies, but it's, all, it's like more yeah, boring. That, like that's funny bad, I think. Michael Bay movies, like the way he films everything, is just like a commercial. <laughs> it's like a, it's like filming a Victoria's Secret commercial or a car commercial. Like that's everything. But, like, did you and see the characters um... suck and the stories make no sense? Like <laughs> Roland Emmerich movies are goofy. Like they're very goofy and cliche, but they they feel like movies. They like make sense. Almost <laughs> not, not his newer ones though. But, yeah. Like Independence Day Resurgence. Did you see that? I watched. Yeah, that, that. was terrible. Sure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely like his new ones are. Didn't he make like Midway? Was that one of his? Midway's yes, like a. Yes. It's like a airplane movie, but it looks entirely like it's a PlayStation Four game. <laughs> it was fucking horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, White House Down with Jamie Fox and and Channing Tatum. That was really <laughs> stupid. Ten thousand. Be- yeah, I'm gonna have to go for Bay. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going Bay. <laughs> Bay is my Which Bay. Which movies would you say are, are better than like, Independence not, Day? That's good. not the question. <laughs> that's not the question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking if I have to sit down and watch one, I would get more out of the experience just from the like hate watching a Michael Bay movie than getting bored. He's made a more gigantic cultural impact. I'll go with the other guy. Yeah. Fair okay. enough. There it is. Awesome. Well, thanks for all the questions, everybody. Yeah, that's that awesome. fun. Yeah. I believe we have a film recommendation from Ralph. Oh, from me? I think so. Alex did uh, 2010. And then yeah, I it was did... 2010. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to recommend a movie I haven't seen. <gasps> I really want to. It's mm-hmm. uh, from 1953. It's called Tokyo Story. Okay. So Tokyo. We will check that out. For next episode. It's an acclaimed movie, considered one of the best by people. Okay. It's not (laughs) even on my watch list. Yeah. Yeah, Is it on the letterbox, like, top? It's it's, uh, IMDb Top 250, for sure. Okay, Okay, good. And it was on some letterbox list, like, movies you gotta see. You gotta see this movie. (laughs) You gotta see it. You gotta see this movie dubbed. Uh, uh Nothing but good things about it. (laughs) Yeah, dubbed. (laughs) All right, thank you for the recommendation. If you don't want to be spoiled, yeah. people who are listening, if you don't want to be spoiled for Tokyo Story 1953, directed by Yasujiro Ozu, then watch it before the next episode. This, these episodes come out every two weeks, and you can listen to them early if you go to sardonicast.com and sign up for premium. $2 a month. Same thing with uh, patreon.com slash sardonicast. $2 a month, you'll get these episodes early as they're edited. Also, we got merch link in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And uh Thanks everybody. May yeah. we may <laughs> we all you. pray for Armand White's speedy recovery <laughs> after after his earth got shattered. <laughs> He'll be alright once the movie comes or the 
it's not in the movie. But he won't what be able to enjoy it? it the same. The Snyder cut. He won't be able to enjoy it knowing that that <laughs> Snyder said to vote for Biden, <sighs> maybe. I feel for him. <laughs> BVS was good. Get some Fs in the chat for Armand White, everybody. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.